Welcome to Encompass Purpose with Brad Bird, a show about topics people try to avoid. Change, accountability, Christianity, business, and family. Discipleship and loving thy neighbor are not suggestions. There's never been a time when the truth is more needed. So here's your host, Bradley Bird. I'm here with Bill Kokenauer with uh, Exponential. And Bill, uh, can you tell us a little bit about Exponential? Yeah, I'll be happy to and uh, great for the opportunity to be on uh, with you, Bradley. So uh, Exponential, the focus of Exponential really is on how do we shift the primary metric of success in the church from addition accumulation to sending and releasing. So um, we're, we're certainly about healthy growth. We're glad to have that. But we, we want to see churches think about, you know, sending and releasing, about the discipling people into their calling, about church planting, about um, you know, those kinds of things is we really feel like that's critical for, for where the, where the country is headed. Yeah. And, you know, I found your organization so interesting. We were talking a little bit before the interview, but uh, some of the stuff you guys have going is so wonderful. And uh, one thing that's been a passion of mine, I've seen on your site, bigger is better church culture. And could you just, uh, touch base on that real quick. Yeah, the, probably the best way to, uh, one of the, the, the clearest frameworks I think that, that we've come up with to look at that is we look at five levels of, of multiplication. So if you think of level one being subtraction, level two being plateaued, level three or what we call addition, that's what we typically champion in the, in the U.S. church. Level four we call reproducing. And reproducing now, that's where the shift has been made from a primary metric of success from addition accumulation to sending and releasing. So a level four church will still measure attendance and giving and that sort of thing. But in terms of how they value their success, they'll be looking at uh, church planting at, you know, disciple making to the fourth generation, uh, community transformation, things like that are more important than just their attendance and giving. And then level five, we, we talk about as, as uh, multiplying and if the easiest way to think about multiplying is if you think about reproduction to the fourth generation. So, you know, if you if you plant a church, a plant a church, a plant a church, a plant a church, you you know that we, we would consider that multiplying. If you disciple someone who disciples another person and another person and another person um, to the to the fourth generation, you really have a DNA built in at that time, where in all likelihood it will continue to perpetuate itself. So. So those are the five levels. I, I often get asked, um, you know, what's the it, the difference between level three and level four is where a lot of the questions come in. And one of the best examples that I've, I've given is that there's a guy by the name of Larry Wachemeyer who pastors with his uh, wife, Deb, pastors Light and Life Fellowship in Long Beach, California. And he helps out with our learning communities. And he found a, a young lady in our learning community that she and her husband were going to be planting a church in, in Long Beach. And so... Long story short, Larry and Deb bring Autumn and Daniel Katz into Light and Life Fellowship. It tells some of their people, God's calling some of you to go with Autumn and Daniel to plant Anthem Church. Larry's church becomes the number one funder of Anthem Church. Now, the thing about that is Anthem, that church isn't in Larry's denomination. So there's no earthly scorecard where Larry gets credit for that. We only know about it because that was part of our learning community. So if you think about that, a level four mindset isn't thinking about themselves, isn't thinking about how do we just simply grow this, but here he is sending people, becoming the number one funder of a church plant that's, that nowhere will he get 
on, on earth will he get credit for? So I, I don't know if that, that helps, if that makes sense to you. Yeah, no, it does. And that's, I can't tell you how impressed with your organization I am and how much it helps somebody like me and I'm, I'm sure thousands of other people. Um, I guess if you could explain uh, overview or your mission of Exponential and what it's trying to accomplish and uh, what it can be for other people and exactly what you do. Sure. Yeah. It, the um, We've kind of set a uh, sort of a sunset clause for Exponential. So in, in the five levels that I talked about there, we want to get we want level four and level five to be the standard. We want that to be the prevailing model of the church. Now, the, there's a, a theory called the, it's called the diffusion of innovation theory that suggests once you get 16, 16% of a population behaving a certain way, that's enough to carry it, you know, the rest of the population all the way through. So you have pioneers, early adopters, early majority, late majority laggards, that if, if you're familiar with that kind of that theory. So what we've said is, if we can get the, the churches in the U.S., if we can get to 16% that are demonstrating level four, level five behaviors, then exponential goes away. We will have done what we feel like God's called us to do. Um, LifeWay did research, uh, it's probably two and a half years ago now, COVID's been this weird kind of time warp, but um, uh, we, uh, and uh, the best we knew at that time, there were about 7% of churches that were demonstrating level four, level five behaviors. So, so everything that we're doing is moving in that direction. And there's so many things, so many things wrapped up in that, you know, disciple making is, is at the core, really at the core. I mean, that's, the, that's at the heart of it. Um, but I, I want to also want to mention too, what we found is if you go back to those five levels, there's a magnet at level three. And many churches are drawn to, to that. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the programs are how to grow up a large church, you know, how to train greeters. You can find out, you know, uh, just the whole process is very, um, very prescriptive. The, the, the challenge with that magnet is it works the other direction too. And many of the things that you do to become a great level three church become the very things that make it difficult to move beyond level three. So if you think about, a, you know, a growing level three church, the way they staff to take care of programs, um, the, often the investments they, they put into buildings to take care of the people that are coming, uh, even the social contract they make with people that are coming, the, you know, what you win them with, you win them too. And so it, 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 it can be difficult to, to move beyond that magnet at level three, because many of the things that you've done have, have, and put in place work against a sort of ascending releasing disciple making kind of approach if if, uh, if that makes sense it does and I've seen that a lot and you know it really says a lot about your organization being Christ-centered that instead of building it up after you know the sunset clause that you're willing to let it go and let God you know and I think that's where uh, our church is trying to do too build people up as disciples so they can go out and disciple rather than keeping them in our organization and just growing our organization. Yeah. 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 That's, and that's a great approach. I love, I love what you're talking about doing. And, and what you talk about there is, is discipling people into their calling, you know, into 
understanding that that they're called by God. And that's what we want people to see there. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of vocational pastors, and I'm not for eliminating that. But what I am for is eliminating the, the divide, the clergy lady divide, that, that sort of imaginary divide that we have there and, and helping everyday life Christ followers understand, no, actually, you're, you're a full-time missionary. You're a full-time pastor. You'll just never draw a paycheck from the church. But God's called you. God's gifted you. you know, Ephesians 2.10 said you've been gifted. Um, we really believe the Great Commission was meant for everybody equally, not just for vac- vocational pastors. And so how do we help people you know, understand their calling. I, I, you know, when you talk to a pastor about their calling, oftentimes it's this really beautiful story of, you know, maybe they felt God's calling at one point and how their life kind of meandered and then God really got a hold of their life. Oftentimes it's a really great story. I, I think every Christ follower should have that kind of story, you know, with that, um, you know, that, that understanding, that awareness. I mean, that, that is perhaps, one of the most intimate things that we have with God is an understanding that he's called me to serve him full time in a, in a specific way to a specific people. And that's uh, yeah, just a, so I love, when you mentioned that, I was love, I love to hear that. Glad that you're doing that at your church. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, we talked about that in the church uh, just a couple of weeks ago, you know, you're discipling, it might be at a Walmart, you know, checkout line. It might be, fishing with a buddy or it might be somebody at work you just happen to talk to you know it's not at the church all the time matter of fact most of the time it's not um it can be anywhere and it could be you know we can't bring people to god but we can plant that seed and then god brings them you know and carries them along exactly And, and sometimes what we see more often than not what we see is people begin to understand God's calling on their lives, they begin to, there'll be a people group, either by geography or affinity that, that they feel called to, like that might be their neighborhood, you know, where they live. It could be, you know, children of foster parents. It might be, uh, you know, any kind of um, sort of network of people that, that when they start to get intentional about how to bring the kingdom of God to bear in the lives of those people around them, um, you know, you, you certainly want to be open to whenever the Holy Spirit prompts you to talk to somebody at Walmart and that sort of thing. But even having a more focused um, mission, so to speak, of, of um, a network or geography of people, uh, we've seen that be really powerful. Yeah, and if I could bring up your website again, I seen on there, are you living up to your calling? And I think for years, the church was kind of, in my opinion, dormant a little bit. And now I see a real movement where I feel it's coming back and there's more action involved. And so if you could uh, just elaborate on that a little bit, that'd be terrific. Yeah. So one of the, I think one of the key resources we have and virtually all our resources are free. And um, I mean, you'll probably, you probably have a way to to link to the the website and the hub and that sort of thing. But um, one of the resources that um, that I think are the most uh, effective, there's, it's called the Made for More Kit. And the reason it's called a kit, it's a, it's a study out of the book of Ephesians, but then it also includes different videos, probably 15 or 16 videos that go along with it as well. And again, it's a free download. But what we're trying to do, that, that specific study is looking at the book of Ephesians to, again, for move from this idea of recruiting volunteers to actually mobilizing people. 
So you're looking, you know, toward the ends of, of the book of Ephesians when it says Jesus is given it's the head of the church to fill all in all. You know, you realize, you know, there will never be enough, you know, vocational pastors to fill all in all. That, you know, that means all of us. And 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 the fact that that you know we we rest on what God has done. It's more, you know, it's more resting in Jesus and not, you know, simply on strategy. And then Ephesians two ten, looking at how we're uniquely gifted, and then you know, throughout the the rest of the book of Ephesians, but. Uh, but yeah, I'd be glad to give you the the links to those too, if you want to uh, provide those to everybody to make it uh, easily accessible. Yeah, that'd be terrific because I think I would recommend anybody. Um, and going back to what you know what we were just talking about, whether you're a housewife or a plumber or a pastor, I think uh, your organization is great for everybody. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, and, you know, I'm seeing multiple organizations now um, starting to work together, discipling, and, uh, you know, the multiplication movement. Um, Could you, uh, could I ask about that? And one thing you mentioned is, and and I wasn't sure what this meant, but you said you were involved with the underground uh, network out of uh, Tampa. Yeah. Yeah. So, um yeah, I'll touch on both of those. Um, I think that one of the things, I mean, the pandemic in so many ways has been horrific and uh, the loss of life, um, the, the impact it's made to people's lives. And so I don't, don't mean to minimize that at all, but I do think that God's been working through that to, to reshape, reform the church. And one of the things that I'm seeing is a greater emphasis on disciple making. Now, part of that is because uh, pastors are realizing people they thought were, were discipled biblically were turned out to not have a biblical worldview. And, and so, you know, they're, um, you know, which, you know, it's good to find that out, you know, facts are our friends. And, uh, and so there, there's a greater emphasis on disciple making and, and how we link that to multiplication. We think in, the way we look at it, there's uh we look at three dimensions of multiplication. One is disciple making, and there are so many, um, aspects to that, it, that, um, uh, you know, it's, it's about being intentional. It's life on life. It's, um, you know, doing it with the idea of, of, of creating a disciple maker, not just, you know, and it, it's, it's obedience-based. It's, um, it's way more than, you know, what we used to think of as a, you know, 12-week class, you know, that you took to, just for the head knowledge. And again, the head knowledge is good, but the head knowledge alone isn't disciple making. As you're discipling someone, you also help them move into their Ephesians 2.10 gifting. So, so we talk about disciple-making, mobilization, and capacity. And the mobilization piece is really linked to the disciple-making piece because as people understand God's called you to be a full-time pastor, you just may never draw a paycheck from a, from a church. But that still means everything that God's gifted you, whatever education, where you're living, all of that, God has provided you to be on mission for him. And then the capacity piece is just, you know, thinking in terms of both the, the mindset of the leader. I think there's a, one of the things that we've seen to move to level four and level five is you need to have a hero maker mindset, you know, so it's a, it's a shift from this idea of being the hero to being a hero maker. Um, and then also in terms of the capacity of the organization there, it, it's kind of like, you know, don't tell me what you value. Let me see your checkbook and your calendar and I'll tell you what you value. And so if you look at a church's, um, usually if you look at a church's budget and how the money is spent and the calendar and how the time is spent, uh, you can you can pretty much see 
what they value. And so it's a, um, so we're, we look at those three dimensions and really as uh, integral in moving toward multiplication. That is so good. If I could, could I get you to elaborate a little bit on the hero to hero maker? Cause I, I, I know what you're talking about. Cause I've seen it uh, with exponential, yeah. but uh, could you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah. So for about 18 months, we had a, because there are so few um, level five examples in the Western church, uh, Ralph Moore is, is certainly one, but there's so few, so few. We had a, a think tank that met periodically for about 18 months, just really kind of um, imagining what would level five look like in the Western context. And during that time, uh, Dave Ferguson and Warren Bird were, were part of that. And one of the things they were seeing was there's a shift in the mindset of the leader, where typically, you know, when you're, you're, if the idea is just growing a big church, oftentimes that's, you know, what comes out of that as a pastor's notoriety, you know, the kind of the, the path to success was grow a big church, write a book, you know, get on the speaking circuit, that sort of thing. And, and it was very much uh, hero oriented. And again, this, this isn't, uh, isn't at all a condemnation of strong level three pastors. And the vast majority of level three pastors I know are, are, are humble people, but just that, that model sets up for there to be a hero, you know, even, even the people in the church, you, 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 you know, you look to the pastor, you know, if, if, if you know, for everything. Um, and, and so it's important for the pastor to move from that, from a mindset of being the hero to being a hero maker. And in, in their book, Hero Maker, they talk about five shifts, but one of the, one of the, the, the easiest ones to remember that I think is really key is this, uh, they talk about four letters, I-C-N-U, and having I-C-N-U conversations with people. And you, know, you can probably think back to your life where someone had an I-C-N-U conversation, where they saw something in you that maybe you saw it in yourself, maybe you didn't, but it, it kind of unlocked that for you. And, and that's part of being a hero maker. And, and again, it's not to, not to help somebody be better at your ministry, but helping somebody move into what, what ministry God has for them and, and really leaning into them. So, yeah, that's a, we realized that the move from level three to level four, you know, to get past that magnet level three, it never happens without a hero maker mindset. I see that a lot in the churches where people come, they get fed by the pastor and then maybe don't take it out from there where now a little bit I'm seeing more where people are getting more involved and, and it should be that way. And they're actually carrying out, you know, the discipling and things like that. Instead of just being a spectator, they're getting involved. Yeah. 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 It's fun. It's fun to see. And we're, we're seeing, you know, all kinds of um, expressions of the church now. I mean, we're, 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 you know, we're starting to see, I mean, expressions of online church, um, I mean, even in real life churches that have gone online, you know, they've now spawned congregations that are four or five generations, maybe a country away. And so they're figuring out how do we help them, you know, become churches in their art. So you're starting to see some micro expressions, you're, you know, um, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's really exciting. I, I think there are expressions of the church that we've not yet even imagined that, um, you know, that are, that are birthing in, in different areas of the country. You know, you brought up a good point, and I've talked about this in the past, but of course, nobody wants a pandemic. 
but there is a lot of good that came out of the church from the pandemic with uh, online, with uh, maybe uh, audio, uh, just different ways to get out of the walls of the building and expand it where people, maybe they can't get to church, can now have church. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, yeah, it's been fun to see. In fact, most of the and again, my my experience is not statistical, but um, my it, it, I do get a chance to talk to a lot of churches, and the churches that were already in sort of a decentralized model really thrived in in the pandemic. Uh, Mercy Road in Indianapolis, a great example uh, of a church. They have um, they look like an, a mega church from the outside. A um, couple thousand people, but they're actually organized around uh, outposts, microchurches, and they actually quadrupled the number of outposts in the, the two weeks after the pandemic broke and just continue to, to grow. And that's just one example of many that were already decentralized that just continued to move in that direction. Churches that were leaning in the direction of being decentralized, God is has used this. And uh, there's a, a Wesleyan church I was taught, pastor I was talking to a couple of months ago, who they've been, because they were moving and that started to move in that direction, this really helped them uh, to, to push in that direction. It's a church of about a thousand pre-pandemic numbers, thousand. And now they're looking at how do we, re, they're rethinking the weekend gathering to how do we use the weekend gathering to serve these micro expressions that have birthed rather than the focus being on getting everybody back on the weekend, you know, so, so it'll probably become more of a uh, missionary sending service than a worship service because of, you know, and then, then there are others that were level three and knew that they needed to move. And, and, you know, it's, I mean, it's probably going to be five or 10 years. So we fully understand the impact of what's taken place here, but that magnet at level three, uh, even when churches step out beyond it, uh, is just really powerful pulling you back to, you know, the primary success metric being weekend gathering attendance. And, and a lot of, I think that's been part of the, the mental health issues with pastors. You know, it's been a difficult time for pastors where you're, you know, you don't know what you have two weeks down the road and you're also wondering what's going to be, what you're going to have a year down the road. And so it's been a, been a very disruptive time. My heart goes out to a lot of two pastors, you know, during this time, it's been a difficult time. And talking about online, um, your organization has great teachings. I mean, spectacular teachings, uh, multiple times a week. Can you kind of elaborate on some of the teachings and how it works and where people can find them? Sure. Yeah. We, so when, uh, when the pandemic broke, in uh, spring of last year, we had two, uh, two in-person conferences that were scheduled in the spring. And uh, we knew those weren't gonna happen. Now, we, no one had any idea a year and a half later, we'd still you know, we'd be fighting a variant and all of that. But, um, but anyway, we knew those two would have to, to go online. And we didn't wanna you know, just do YouTube. And so um, we actually developed a, um, what we call a hub that is um, like a virtual building. So in the upper right-hand corner, there'll be a floor plan where there are, you'll, you'll see classrooms, you'll see a resource center, a welcome center, the auditorium. And, um, and you know, it's, the, the hub is free to join and, and uh, I can provide you a link. You can provide that to, to your viewers. Um, but the, uh, 
the hub is free to join. All of the, the content in the hub is free. There are live webinars every week. There are, uh, if you go to the resource center, the resource center, I think may be, you know, the second best uh, free Christian resource, second to the Version Bible. You know, I think that the content in there uh, on so many, um, you know, great subjects from, you know, divided into more content to the uh, church planning content to the disciple making content is just some great, great videos. Um, and, and, you know, uh, tons of them in there. And so, so yeah, that's, that's been a wonderful resource. We're actually, we've had so many people ask for that, um, that we, we do have a developer that's working on, um, creating the same thing, but in a, in something that we could hand off to other churches. And so that's, you know, that's down the road, but that's, yeah, it's been a very, a successful tool for um, for delivering online content. We've done some uh, online, um, a number of online events there now that have been um, just it's been exciting. Yeah, and I can't say enough about the teachings and you know all the stuff you have to offer. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on just to get the word out, so people that maybe aren't pastors, you know, Christians that can just go to your site and look at everything also. Thank you for listening and we will catch you next time. Visit us on Facebook at Encompass Purpose Radio.